Good morning, Don. How are you doing today? I'm great, Harold. How are you? Absolutely fantastic and very excited to, to share a conversation with you in the way that this is the side of so much of the entertainment world that we don't know about. And I wish that more people and more fans of what you've brought forward knew your story and now they get to hold on to it. I hope so. I mean, that's exactly why I wrote the book. I wanted to share <clears throat> what it was like to work with some of these people and talk a little bit about... Um, what worked and how you got there and all of that. Um, so I'm, uh, um, I, I'm sure this is not going to be a New York Times bestseller or anything, but I'm just really happy I got a chance to write the book and can share these stories because I've been fortunate to work with a lot of people who are popular and uh, great artists and performers, you know, so... Um, anyway, but thank you. That's great. Well, it's a book of inspiration. It's called 10 Seconds to Air. And why I say that it's uh, interesting is because you're right about that, about how did we get here? Did you write the story? Did who, What was the experience like? I love things like this because we get to see a different side of Muhammad Ali, Michael Jackson, and even Willie Nelson. Yeah, 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 Mike, um, yeah, Willie, and, 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 you know, Muhammad Ali, for example, was... Um, you know, a lot of people didn't want me to try this. They they thought it was too risky. And I, I worried a lot about Muhammad Ali's the last athlete uh, to hold the Olympic flame before the cauldron was lit. And I, I really wanted to do it. And, but of course, part of my job is anticipating what will go wrong. Right. And so I, I met with Ali's team we talked about uh, making it a complete surprise. We actually met in the garbage room underneath Olympic Stadium in Atlanta, where there were bags of garbage, a cement block room, because I knew that if Ali's team walked into the office, everybody's gonna know, and I wanted to be a surprise. You know? And uh, But I was worried. I was worried that what would happen, Ali could not talk. Right. The Parkinson's was so bad. He, couldn't speak and he was there holding the flame I wanted him to appear with no music no announcement no fanfare he just stands at the top of the stadium he walks up and a light hits him and that holds that torch up and uh but then I got afraid what if he dropped it mm. he would not be able to pick it up again worse yet what would would have happened had he dropped it and his clothes would have caught on fire you know um so there's all these these risks that you take and and but you've got to take them in order to get some of these moments but that moment became kind of iconic with the atlanta olympic games you know and so i'm glad we did it but the things can go wrong and you just have to be careful and protect yourself, you know, as much as you can. You talk about, uh, you know, you know, being able to look at the entire picture and, and be prepared when something goes wrong. And in my own personal uh, direction, I, I always call that writing the story before it happens. And sometimes I hold that hard against myself. Do, did you struggle with that as well? It's like it's, it's not that you were thinking negatively. You were just preparing yourself for the what if. Yes, I don't think, look, I think it's part of your job. If you're creating something, if it's a creation of, of any sort, 
you have to anticipate what's going to go wrong, especially with these live events. Um, and I think that the more you make yourself aware of things that can go wrong, the better shot you're going to have making it work. Yeah. If things do in fact go wrong, <clears throat> because, um, you just, you, you got to prepare and, and once you've, if you've prepared a lot and you've written a script and the script's in your head, um, if something goes wrong, you're better prepared to deal with it. If you had anticipated that this might happen. Yeah. And I still believe that. And it's just covering your bases, you know, basically for me. Do you feel like you're the wizard behind the curtain? Because you see it before we receive it. And and I mean, and it's going right through earphones and earpieces and things. And people have got to be on spot when it comes to the cameras and everything that's taking place. And so I always wonder and I always figure that you're the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah, well, that's a good analogy. I think you probably are. You're the wizard. Yeah. Um, and you're down in the control room someplace at the bottom of the stadium telling the music when to play and cueing people on and off the field and and doing the camera shots and all the rest. Um, and, and, and hopefully you're prepared and you have a really good team with you. Yeah. So that if something goes wrong, you lose power, whatever, you know that it will be fixed. I give you an example. In the Prince halftime show, when his stage was rolled out there, um, it came out in about... 18 pieces that weighed like 13 tons. He was inside of it. And when it was being put together by 620 volunteers, a cable got cut that supplied power to the second, to the one half of the stage. I didn't know this until afterward, but the guy, the gaffer, a guy named Tony Ward was trying to fix this cable, put a new plug on the end of it. And he kept trying and trying, and he was trying for like four or five minutes. It's raining hard, and he couldn't. So he finally just stripped the insulation off the three copper wires, <laughs> inserted the three copper wires into a female plug, and stood there in the rain for 12 and a half minutes oh and saved the show, basically. <laughs> That's the kind of guy you want to work with. <laughs> this, this is the reason why when, when uh, Elton John's management came to me and said, do you want to speak to Elton John or do you want to talk to the stage manager? And I said the stage manager because, Don, you've got the stories. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we would never get from the performer. No, the performer didn't know about it. <laughs> to this day, he, 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 unfortunately, he's gone. But, uh, no, he never knew about it, wow. you know. You got the performer. You've got to encourage and make them feel confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, Prince, Prince, you know, I, I, you know, as it started to rain, I gave Prince a heads up that it was really coming down, and he said, "Can you make it rain harder?" You know, <laughs> he saw he saw it as a challenge. Yep. And look at and he rose above it, and and that that enabled him to make a uh, uh, the creative performance that's gone down in history as legendary you know it was a personal thing with him and the rain by that point 
Wow. Wow. One of the things that I found so inspiring about your book is the fact that you realize that this is not just a one man show. This department includes hundreds of people and you've all got to work together. That's true. It's not an individual thing. You may be the producer or the director, but man, these are team efforts and a one week link in a team. Um, can result in disaster. So it's you're very careful about who you put together and about trying to get the eight team to help you. The good, the good news is that on Super Bowls, everybody wants to do them. Yep. So you have no trouble getting a great a team member, tech team together to do a, a Super Bowl halftime show. Do you see yourself as a visionary or are you somebody who says, you know what? I have to deal with reality. Visionary is not part of this, but I I, I deal with reality. I think it's a little bit of both. I like to think of myself as a visionary. I I think it sounds like too grand a term when you're dealing with show business and a halftime show. Um, But... uh, you know, it's a little bit of both, and and it's all wrapped up in one bundle, one bundle of nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I can so relate with that. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, sir. Thank you, Ira. That's great. Appreciate the kind word. Will you be brilliant today, okay? Okay. You got it. Thank you.